Catherine, great song there. Let's uh, turn our Bibles to Luke chapter uh, Again, appreciate the church, all your hard work already, getting things ready for uh, Carol's event this evening on the property. And we're excited to welcome um, our community on, and the surrounds. You know, uh, if there is ever a time in the year where people are, are going to be open to the gospel, it's this time of the year. And I hope that we just be ready for that. I hope that you'd come along and just support the, the carols, sing out loud and, and be part of it. But then just, uh, just be open to the Lord bringing someone to you that might have a question about what Christmas is all about. And I um, hope that you're, you're keen on that this evening. I know we are. It's our first one. So uh, we don't know what it's all about yet, but we're looking forward to that. But it's going to be a great time. But let's turn our Bible to Luke chapter 1, uh, verses 57 to 66 this morning, and um, actually, you could have kept reading, Alvin. We're going to go to verse 80 probably, but um, I just thought, you know, we won't read that long, but we'll cover the verses anyway. But um, we're going to look at a couple of things here, and you know, often when we think about Christmas, of course, rightly so, we think about the birth of Jesus, but around about the, the announcement of his birth to Mary, we understand also that there was another uh, significant figure that was going to be uh, was going to be born, and we know this man to be John the Baptist. And we see that what well, not only was there a one miraculous birth, which if you're here on Christmas Day, we'll look at. Uh, there was this miraculous birth as well, the birth of John the Baptist. And we pick up the story, and, and Mary really is has just departed from visiting Elizabeth. If you remember. Uh, the, the story there, the, the, the angel lets Mary in on a secret that Elizabeth, her cousin, was, was uh, even though in her old age, was expecting. And so Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, and now she's left, probably encouraged by the fact that, um, that all of the things that, that was happening in her life, someone else understood um, regarding the, the situation that she found herself in. And no doubt, her time with Elizabeth was one of encouragement. And so verse 57 is really three months later. Okay, we know earlier that she was six months away, uh, six months into the pregnancy. And now, three months later, Elizabeth is now to give birth. And we see that this really, this son that was going to be given her was one that they had desired for a long time. You know, you think about the, the culture there and you think about the the desire that, uh, that many have to, to have children. And for a long time, Elizabeth and Zacharias, they, they, they longed for and prayed for and hoped for this child. This, this child wasn't given until this time. And, and so really now the, the, the situation that she finds herself is that not that, that the unexpected was still unexpected. Now the unexpected is becoming anticipated. The thing that was so unexpected, they thought that it had, it had passed their time to have this child. Now they were just counting down the days. They were anticipating what was previously unexpected. And what was once an impossible situation, it was actually reality. She was going to give birth. And what we read is that really the arrival of John the Baptist. And, you know, all of us here, if you've been to church at any length of time, you know that John the Baptist is a significant figure. He was the forerunner of Jesus. In fact, the Bible is careful to tell us that Jesus himself declares that he was the greatest born among women. And he was a great prophet. And we know him to be that. 
You know, the, the, all of the length of the gospel speaks about the, all of the things that John said, all that he was, even last week, he, we compared him to the star that the wise men saw in the east, that they rejoiced for a little time in the burning and shining light of John the Baptist. So we understand the significance of who he was, but think with me for a moment here this morning, before he was all of that, he was simply the firstborn son of Elizabeth and Zacharias. Before all of what transpired happened, there were two parents who, unlikely as it was, was now anticipating, and in fact, it had arrived what had been previously impossible and unexpected. And when God, God does that, He brings a desire to reality in our lives. I wonder how we respond to that. You know, often we can make the mistake of, of getting what we desired and forgetting the giver of our desire. You know, often when we come to a place where we're seeking for right things and answer to prayer and, and suddenly that answer to prayer comes, even if we've been praying for a little while or, or a short time, if that prayer comes, I wonder if we just continue to just move on without stopping and thinking about the giver of that gift. You know, for in a little while, I think John mentioned five, six, seven days, whatever it is, it's Christmas, and I don't know what your traditions are, but in our household, it's Christmas Eve, we, we let the kids open some of the presents on Christmas Eve. And I'm sure for them, they're counting down the days, right? When they've gotten those gifts, they're going to wonder if we got it right or we didn't get it right. And, um, and they're, they're anticipating that, and you know what we want, we... We want them to rejoice over the gift, but we also, as we teach them, we want them to be thankful for those who gave them the gift, right? As parents, that part of the joy is seeing your children's um, faces as they open those gifts and the, the happiness that that brings and the excitement, but there's also a nice thing when they say, thank you, mom and dad, right? I'm just preaching to my boys and my girl over there right now, but, you know, sometimes, sometimes we... We get the gift, and sometimes we then forget about what the gift was about, what the gift signifies, or what it was all about. And really how we, we treat the gift giver, or the gift itself, really all of that communicates what we feel about the person that we receive the gift from. You know, we're assured in our story, though, of the character of the parents of, of this great prophet and what we're going to see about Elizabeth and Zacharias is that they weren't only in awe of the great blessing, they were in greater awe of the one who gifted them with such a miraculous thing. And we're going to look at the story and glean from this, this faithful couple. And I wonder, I wonder if you, you just look at your year so far, and, and again, this is a great time to reflect. I wonder if you look at it and, and think about all of the the unexpected or even expected prayers of, that you've offered to the Lord that has been answered. And I wonder how you, you feel today. Now, I wonder what you've done with that gift. And we're going to look at the, the lesson here of this, from this faithful couple and how they responded to God's unexpected gift to them, the birth of their son, John the Baptist. We're going to pray. We'll ask the Lord to bless, and then we'll get into it. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for our time this morning. And Lord, we... Lord, are just in, just overwhelmed by your blessings to us today. Lord, if we really stopped and thought about it, all of the 
all of the complaints can be set aside for a little while. And Lord, just the rejoicing in all that you do, both in expected ways and unexpected ways. And Father, even today, we have the opportunity to sit here, to be in this place, Lord, comf comfortable really with the fact that we can open your word and we have this property that you've so, so graciously provided us. And then, Lord, we have an opportunity to reach out into, Lord, our community and the, the freedom of our country, Lord God, to do that. And all of that is your blessing. And, and I pray that you would just help us then, Lord, to just treat you the way we ought to. And I pray, dear God, that you would help us, Lord, to, to recognize even the gift that is before us, the, the, the open word of God. I pray that you'd help us even this morning to rejoice in that. And Lord, please be with us as we open your word. Speak with us, speak to us, we pray in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And I want you to note a couple of things here this morning that we're going to observe along in this story. But we see in verses 57 to 63, um, there was some specific things that happened. Uh, Elizabeth's full time came, she delivered she brought forth a son, and that was the promise that God gave, that they would have a son. And some things happen, of course, a new baby, they, the cry and all of that, the neighbors come, cousins hear about it, and, and they rejoice with her. And in verse, verse 59, and it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. So remember that uh, up to this point that because Zacharias doubted, God made him mute this whole time. For, so for nine months, Elizabeth had peace and quiet in the home, right? And so Zacharias for nine months could not speak, could not utter a word. And here he was, they were just sitting around, the neighbors get pretty excited, and they just presume his name's going to be Zacharias as tradition would be. And his mother answered, notice, and said, not so, but he shall be called John. Now it's, that's... That's something that we take for granted. We know him as John the Baptist, but that would have been controversy. That would have been a big question mark. Why would you call him John? You know, it's not like today where, I don't know if you've, you've, you've been recently, you've had to think of a name for a baby, right? You sometimes, I know some parents these days, they just Google it, right? They have a list, you know, best baby names, right? It, it was, this wasn't just a preference from, from Elizabeth. No, this was actually obedience to, the, to a command of God. He was to be called John. And so this wasn't simply a name that they liked. It wasn't simply a name that they preferred. It wasn't simply a, a name that, you know, was off a list that they thought, well, uh, popular baby names at this time in Jerusalem. No, this was a name that was to be given him. And here's the point I want to make with you. Because in verse 13, it was a commandment to them, thou shalt call his name John. And here's what I want to tell you. They obeyed God's will for the gift. They obeyed God's will for the gift. You know, sometimes we forget that when we're asking for something, this thing called prayer also is about being aligned to what God would want for us. You know, the only reason that God would grant us a, a request in our prayer is because in his mind, that is what's right for us. But there's also needing to be a response from us in regard to the thing that he's given us. And so from the very outset, the desire of the couple was for the will of the giver of the gift to be followed. 
Their heart to obey wasn't swayed by the, the jubilation and the celebration in their own hearts and those that surrounded them. You know, what happens is God's announcements often comes with God's instructions. You know, He might, he might grant you that thing that you desired, but there's also going to be an instruction attached to it. There's also going to be some things that you're to do with that. You know, our obedience of them isn't always a, is, isn't always a determining factor of, for Him giving the gift. But what it is, our obedience to it evidences our heart for the giver. So He's not just granting it to you based on His foreknowledge of whether you're going to obey or not. No, no, He's, he's giving that to you, but there is that obedience evidences what our heart really is for the giver. You know, what we find is Elizabeth and Zacharias obeying that what God had previously instructed them. Well, again, we know in verses 13 and 17 that nine months prior, some very specific things about their son was given. It included certain details and special instructions. And we won't take the time. You can look at there. But I wonder when God gives us his gifts, you know, his goodness, his blessings, some things that you prayed through. You know, I think, again, I was here last night with a couple of the guys finishing up. And uh, honestly, I was just here to, to just enjoy their fellowship and, and just see their hard work and their labor and appreciate that. And I was just walking around and just marveling at, at all of what we have here as a church. And, you know, I can't help it, but I, my mind was cast at the times where in Sydney, and if you know anything about the, the market, the landmark property market in Sydney, you know, we prayed and prayed for bigger land over there. We were just outgrowing the, the, the property that we had over there, and God never gave it. But here I was praying for the northwest of Sydney that God would give me a property to work, and here I was, northwest sort of Brisbane. I just got the geography a little wrong. And here I was looking at all of what is here. You know, I thought about all those years who, those who may be here still or those who've gone before who prayed and labored and prayed and labored to see God bring something like this now. And I just put myself in that situation because I have been in that situation. And I wonder, you know, when all God does is He gives those gifts. I wonder if we follow the instructions that often come from His Word. You know, at times, even in our spirit, there's some specific things that God might give us about that. You know, Israel into the promised land, it was, it was given to them, but it, there was specific instructions in regard to that. It was specific things that they had to do. They had to inhabit the land. They had to slay those that were there. There were specific things that God gave them to do. And those things that are revealed, those are the things that, are, that belong to us. And, you know, sometimes we make promises to God that we're going to do something with what we're asking for. And, you know, uh, honestly, I was a pretty nervous young person. I, I was really nervous all the time. I was always nervous as a teenager. And so when it came to the time where I could get my license, I was pretty excited. Um, all of my friends were getting their licenses. So I went, I was just a nervous wreck L plater. I'm thankful I didn't have to do the hours because I, I would still be an L-plated today. <laughs> but it just took me ages. And I remember my license, my learners was about to expire. I think it was four days before expiration. And I finally, I was going to sit, I was going to take my driving test. 
And by the way, just for full disclosure, I actually did fail it three times before that, all right? So, um, but it was my fourth time, four days left, the pressure was on, so here's what I did. I said, Lord, if you would let me get my license, and I would please, Lord, I will use it for your glory, and I would pick up kids, and I would do this, and, and I would promise the world, and I would do all of that. And that day, I just, it, must, it would have been the Lord, because I had a great calm I passed. I even I, I didn't make any mistake. Even the and I think the, the 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 examiner wasn't surprised himself because he's like, "You're back again," you know. But even he was surprised. I got my license. Short, long, long story longer, right? Got my license, and and you know I remember that that next day. I woke up. It was a Friday, and one of the one of the guys said, "Look, um, we need someone to pick up kids. Are you free?" I said, really? <laughs> and there I was, the, the test. Would I keep it? That, that was part of the instruction. And, and you know, what we see about this faithful couple, though, is that there were those kinds of details that God had given them the instruction and the specifics, and they obeyed. They obeyed in the details. You know, John, his name shall be John. This was clearly given as part of the instruction. This was the detail that they had rehearsed and submitted to. And, and again, often we can miss the details of God's instructions to us, and therefore we can't obey His will. You know, I wonder when we've received that gift, if we even ask, Lord, what do you want us to do with this? You know, the, I know other couples who perhaps they've been praying for a long time for a child. Maybe some who've been praying a long time for a job praying for a long time for this health situation to, to, to be alleviated and for their healing. And I wonder when we thank the, the one who gave us the gift of maybe a second chance or maybe some progress in our life or that, that thing, I wonder if we even just think about, Lord, what do you want us to do with this? Because God might have something specific for, for that thing. And that's why we ought to pay attention, one, to God's word, because probably it's already there. But then as we pray and as we seek Him, that we would listen to His still, small voice. You know, in God's, in God's economy, no detail is insignificant. You think about it, it's a name. Now, personally, I wish my parents sought the Lord a little bit more about my name. I have a little bit of a complex about my name. I usually get Herman, not Hernan, but you can tell I've rehearsed that a lot. But, you know, I wish that... that for, for this couple, they were willing to obey even in the smallest of details. You think about, I was reading today about the temple in, in, in my devotions in, in Solomon's temple, but I just thought about, again, the tabernacle, about all of the details. Even, even to the point of the, the, how, how the curtains and the tashes were gonna, supposed to be, what color they were. And, you know, part of that was just simply, simply this. There were specific details that as God gifted the presence of God in their life, they were meant to obey. And I wonder if we obey. I wonder if we obey in, the, in the, the God's will for the gift that He's given us, those, those answers to prayer. They, you know, they also, not only they obeyed in the details, they obeyed despite pressure, pressures. There was pressure there. Notice verse 62. So she said, no, his name's going to be called John. 
Verse 61, they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. So they looked down, and, and you remember the Jews, they were into their lineage, into their heritage, and they started looking down the line. No, no, no one's called John. You can't name him John. And, and they made signs to his father how he would have called him. And he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John, and they marveled all. You know, they, they, this was a controversial thing, but you know, they, they, they obeyed despite pressures. You know, there's pressures about the things that God gives us. You know, they said, there's none of thy kindred that is called by this name. You know, they had familial pressures. They, they had, you know, the, the family, they gave their opinion. The family said, look, no, you should do this instead. And you know, some of, many of us, we have family pressures, maybe some of you who uh, have, have family that's not saved, you know, they expect you to do a certain thing. They expect you to live a certain way to do something with that gift that, that you've been given. Maybe there's, uh, there's the, the societal pressures. You know, the society today want us to live a certain way that's comfortable to them. And they have an opinion about what we're supposed to do with all of the, 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 the riches that God gives us, the certain statuses that we're supposed to live up to, the societal pressures, there's sometimes even traditional pressures. And all of that comes and all of that came to, to both Elizabeth and Zacharias. And you know what? What with them? They were just more interested in obeying God rather than man. It wasn't just simply that, well, everyone else said it and everyone else is doing it and everyone seems to say that this is their opinion about that. I better do that. No, they were more interested in just the, the details of God's will for this gift and the obedience that they were supposed to then follow up with it. And, and all of those things, the pressures that came to them, they withstood. Why? Because they were a faithful couple. You know, money, time, talents, the world... All of these that, that God gives us, the world has certain expectations of what we are to do with them. And we have those pressures to conform, yet what ought to matter most is our obedience to our Lord. You, you remember that God is the one we, we had just earlier had a time of giving. You know, God's the one that gave us the ability to earn an income to meet our needs. But will we obey Him with that gift? You know, that's a gift, by the way. It's a gift to us. But I wonder what we would do with that. I wonder with those specific things that perhaps you young people, some of you, you're seeking a career and God's given you that, and you better be careful that that doesn't replace the one who gave you that in the first place. That you're just obedient in what His will is for that gift. There's, a, there's some instruction that He gives you through His Word and through just asking those specific details. And so firstly, they were obedient. They were obedient to the will for that gift. Secondly, notice verses 64 to 66. And now after John writes and they marvel, now this act of obedience, this act of faith, notice what happens in verse 64. And his mouth was opened immediately. Man, what a relief for John, perhaps, uh, for, for Zacharias. And his tongue loosed, and he spake and praised God. 
And fear came on all that dwelt around them, and all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. But I want you to note there are a couple of things that, that happened. So his tongue is loosed. You know, I can't even imagine that. You know, you're just not speaking. I had a, many friends who, um, just through the, the amount of preaching that they were doing and singing, they had lost their voice. I had a friend um, who for a year couldn't speak, couldn't talk. He had to have an operation on his throat. And uh, praise the Lord, I was there with him a couple of years ago at his church. And um, he came up and he sang a solo. I had a tear in my eye because of all that he went through. And just imagine a preacher without a voice, right? That's his tool. That's what God's given him to proclaim the word. And for a long time, he couldn't use his... So I can't imagine Zacharias, the relief that he would have had. And it would have been... uh, Maybe some would have been interested to, to hear what he would have had to say after nine months of silence. And yet what we find is he gave a resounding praise to God. And here's the, the point I want to make. You know, that not only did they obey God's will for the gift, they also credited God's working for the gift. You know, th- this, this young child's name was to be John. This was then paired by the praise from the lips of the doting father. And then all that they heard, all they that heard them, there was a, there was a following testimony of this miraculous birth. And it was heard far and wide, but it wasn't their fame that was heard. What was magnified, what was echoed throughout the region was the praise given to God. And I wonder what's heard out of our mouths when God turns the impossible into reality in our lives. I wonder what words are uttered from our lips when God makes something of us. I wonder what witness... We give when we see God give a desire when it seems so unlikely. And for Zacharias, it was praise, not pride. You know, the Bible tells us, let another man praise thee, not thine own lips. You know, the first thing that Zacharias could have said was, oh, I can talk now. (laughs) Oh, what a relief. Oh, I'm so glad. And it would have been all about him. But you know what came out? It was praise. It was praise, not pride. And often the first words out of our mouths, if we're not careful when when we see things working out our way, is to to just rejoice in us. To just suddenly rejoice in how good we can be, how faithful we are, and how all of that came about. But you know what? He resisted the natural urge to do that. And the first words out of his mouth was not one of self-congratulations, it was one of praise toward God. Now, I wonder when, when good things happen that God just, and by the way, really, every good gift is from the Father of lights. So when those things come about, I wonder if our first thought is, wow, praise God for that. Rather than sometimes in our pride, wanting to take all the credit, wanting to take all the praise. You know, we can be so quick to be praise mongers. You know, we want the praise. We want some credit. And and I believe in giving honor to whom honor is due. We ought to do that. But but in that situation here where 
there was something that God miraculously did. It was praise, not pride. You know what? It was also miracle, not man. You know, and fear came. And all that, uh, all these sayings were noise abroad. And, and notice what manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. You know, they, they recognized again that this wasn't man. This wasn't man's uh, ingenuity. This wasn't man's medication. This wasn't man's ability to heal himself. No, this was miracle, not man. There was understanding that God's hand was all over this. And, and you know, the, the best way to measure whether it was God or not is whether you can explain it or not. You know, sometimes when, when things just, just work out, Sometimes we track it back and we sort of go, oh, it's because I made this decision. I made that decision. I made, listen, no, no, it was just a miracle. Okay, God just did that. And sometimes the best explanation is just this, God. God did that. You know, we, 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 were, just, we were just in the way. We were just coming along. And there was an understanding that it was God's hand that was all over it. There was no real acknowledgement of the couple's faithfulness. We do see that in Scripture. God does that for us after the fact. But in this situation, there was no real praise toward the parents. There was no mention of how deserving the couple was. and There was no mention of, oh, if there was any couple that deserved this, it was this couple. Oh, they do so much for the temple. Oh, they do so much. Listen, all of that was negated. This was all about the miraculous working of God. And it's miracle, not man. See, our nature, it seeks for credit. And we ought to, again, we ought to give credit where credit is due. However, what would be known about us, what would be known about us when people observe us, when people hear us? Will they attribute the, the happenings of our lives to the hand of God or, or simply to just us? And we've got to look at and we see that Zacharias, after a long wait of not speaking, gave praise to God. They gave credit to God's working. Now, how quick are we to give God credit? Hey, listen, this morning you had an opportunity to do that. Here's the miracle. We woke up. It's by God's mercies we're not consumed. You know, we, we get another day to, to, to experience the, the promises of God. We get another day, especially today, where we get to open His Word. We get another day where we get a chance to be with our loved ones and to be around and, and be in fellowship and serve and minister. You know, all of that is God's gift. How quickly did we give God credit this morning? How quickly did we think of Him and just give Him praise, praise that He deserves? And yet, at the end of it, we notice lastly, they also, they fulfilled God's purpose for the gift. And we won't take the time, but in verses 67 to 80, and uh, we see that, that Zacharias then, filled with the Holy Ghost, says some things. He, he blesses the Lord God of Israel. He, he speaks about and describes all that he has done. And, and we see that he then describes a little bit of, of, of who John was meant to stand, stand for, who John was meant to represent, who John was to be a witness to, and they fulfill God's purpose for the gift. Zacharias prophesied 
here after months of silence and this, this oration, it was an outpouring of really of joy that was in him. And it was also all of the knowledge that he had gleaned from the angel and from Mary's visit. And what this was, this was a song about the Savior. This was a song about the one whom his son was going to preach about and present to the nation of Israel. And the faithful couple never lost sight of the fact that the precious gift was to be used to magnify the Lord. They, they didn't misappropriate the, misappropriate the gift that God had given them. You know, it's funny in, in Christmas and, and what follows is Boxing Day. And from what I understand, Boxing Day has really traditionally been when you, there's some gifts that you have not liked, you box it up again and you return it. That's why it's called Boxing Day. And um, it's funny, you, sometimes you, you buy a gift for someone that you thought would be very useful and meaningful. And then, you know, you maybe arrive at, in their home, you visit, or maybe it's a family member, and, and you see it, and it's being misused. You know, the classic one is this. Um, if you've ever been gifted an exercise bike, what do you usually use it for? Most people use it to hang their clothes on, right? They just chuck their clothes on there, and it's just misappropriated, right? You're meant to exercise on that thing, and you're demonstrating your laziness, all right? The irony. And for, for Zacharias and for Elizabeth, the, the gift of John came with it a great purpose for John. The grace of God upon his life, it caused him to draw more to God's purpose for the gift he had received, Zacharias. And firstly, in acknowledging God's purpose for the gift, he, he lifted up the preeminent. See, the heart of Zacharias it poured out with the greatness of Christ. He started to speak about the greatness of who the Lord is. He understood that this child, a gift from God, was to magnify the preeminent one. And here we see his understanding of Christ. In verse 68, he speaks about God incarnate. In verse 69, he speaks about God the potentate. In verse 70, he speaks about God prophesied. In verse 71, he speaks about God the Savior. In verse 72, he speaks about God, the merciful one. And in verse 72 to 75, he speaks about God, the covenant keeper. All of this was just an outpouring of who God is. And it was this, that, this God that was coming in human flesh. And yes, it is this God that John was given to serve. And he, he burst out in, in just jubilant praise as an example, really, to John and those around him about the great purpose of his life and the life of his, this gift, it was, it was to serve God. It was to give God, who is deserving of our lives, all the praise. And let's not forget that all we have been given, and whether expected or not, is given for the joy of serving and furthering the work of Christ. That's what it is. Listen, our children, our resources, our health, our strength, our all, all belongs to Him. The Bible tells us that we're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body, which is His. Listen, that's our purpose in life. And as a church and as Christians, we ought to be mindful that all of God's gifting in our lives is all for the preeminent one, the one who's meant to be above all. But we see that not only was his purpose to serve the preeminent, 
We also see that he was to be a prophet. In, in verse 76, notice there, And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest. You imagine him cradling his little son, John. And he's just looking at him, and I don't know what your first words were to your children, but this is, this is really Zacharias' first words to his little boy, John. And now he's, he's saying, Thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way. You know, he's, he's already, he's, this proclamation that he will be a prophet, John was going to be this transitionary figure preparing the way for Christ to usher in the new covenant. John was going to be a preacher of righteousness. He was going to be pointing to Christ as a, saving, uh, as a savior of the world. John was going to be one crying in the wilderness, preaching about the Prince of Peace. And all of this was specific to John the Baptist. Yet, at this point, he was just the firstborn son. He was a gift from God to Elizabeth and Zacharias. No doubt they had their own hopes and dreams for him. You know, when, when being the firstborn in my household... On my one side of the family, on my dad's side of the family, I was an eldest grandchild, and, and the, all, everyone had their opinion about what I should be, right? Oh, you should be an astronaut. That was random, like astronaut from what, you know? Yeah, you should be this, you should be that. You should be an engineer like your dad. And all of these expectations, all of that, you know, and ourselves, we have our own expectations for the gifts that God's given us. We, we have hopes and dreams, and these, these parents, Elizabeth and Zacharias, they had hopes and dreams for their little son, John. They waited so long. And yet here it was, God had clearly said it. He's going to be a prophet. I've set him aside for my use. I've set him aside to be a mouthpiece for me. I've set him aside to just simply declare, thus saith the Lord. And, and really, in all of that, they had to just make peace with what, God's purpose was for this gift that he's given. And, and maybe there's things that you've been hoping for God's given it, and you know what, now it's time. Now the rubber meets the road. Now it's time to sort of go, hey, listen, what is your purpose for this? And then surrender that and translate that into submission to God's purpose. But, you know, in order to, to do that, there was going to be also this, what was their role in it? It was the preparation. Notice verse 80, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I think you, we all know, know this. Children just don't grow on their own. You know, a, a gift in its fulfillment doesn't just fulfill just automatically. There, there's a process, there's a preparation. And the fact was, this child was not yet whom we would know later on to be John the Baptist. There was a time of preparation. And God's purpose takes preparation to fulfill. And Elizabeth and Zacharias, they had to be willing for their John to undergo this preparation. Remember, he had the vow of the Nazarite. There were certain things that John couldn't do. He couldn't touch the fruit of the vine. Couldn't drink that. He couldn't touch a dead, anything dead. He had to grow his hair, let it grow. All of that. You know, children don't just automatically obey. <laughs> you notice that? It takes time. It 
takes time for parents to watch out for them. It takes time to develop a gift. And, and maybe for some of you, you've been praying for God to use you and God's opening some doors. You know, there's going to be a preparation time for that. And there's going to be a time where you, you're just going to need that help. And these, the, the, these, these parents, they had to be on board with the preparation. They had a lot to do with John keeping his vow. And you, when you know what God wants with what he has given you, I wonder if you willingly prepare so that his purpose can be accomplished in your life. You know, again, in your, your children, do you raise them to follow God's plan for their lives? Do you, in your, in your finances, in your giving, do you budget, do you ensure that the gift God has given you fulfill its, fulfills its purpose in your ministry? Do you prepare to sacrifice and grow as the Lord has purposed you? You know, all of that takes preparation. But all of that, again, is God's gifting to you. And much of what God has gifted us only ever comes to full effect, really when at the end of it we give ourselves to His purpose and His preparation. And, you know, too many times we, we are spoiled by the goodness of God. And we, we desire, and we even at this altar have for years prayed, and then God makes it to be, and then suddenly it's all ours. Suddenly it's just what we're, whatever we want to do with it. Suddenly it's all about, well, thanks God, I'll take it from here. But, you know, in all of this, Elizabeth and Zacharias, in, in their faithfulness, they, they weren't just wowed by this special gift. They were more about the one who gave them the gift. They, they, they found great grace from the Lord. Their child was a gift from God. But you know what? Their attitude and their actions, they indicated that their heart was for the gift giver. And through their obedience, their praise, and their faithful following of his purpose, it just all spoke about the one who was the gift giver in the first place. And I wonder if that's what our, our testimony is. You know, again, if you can't think of a thing to thank God for, just think about the fact that you're living today. Think about the fact that we live in Australia, and it's not perfect, but it's a great place. And mate, it's Queensland, right? Praise God. Praise God for that. Praise God for the church. Praise God that, that we can still have a, a time and, and you know, we're, we're, we've got this freedom to sing, to lift up our voices, and we've gone through a pandemic, and it's fine. We're here now. Thank God for that. Maybe there's some specific things this year you've been praying for, and God's, God's allowed that. How, how are you treating that? How's that going how's that is has it blessed the lord or is it, has it been mis, misappropriated and, and i'm not i'm not um i don't know your situation this morning but i just know that you know sometimes human nature we can be pretty selfish and we can pretty much quickly just take ownership of what's been given and we forget all about the gift giver let's pray Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the time. And we, again, recognize the Lord, just your, your goodness to us today. We really can't say enough of all that you've done for us, dear Lord. And 
Lord, I know everyone here, if, if they were careful to just think about the year, there's been some things that have been a desire in their heart that you've allowed. There's some here, Lord, they're still waiting, they're still praying, and yet, Lord, a time will come in your own way where perhaps you'll grant that, and, and what will we do then? Pray that you'd help us, Lord, even to be stewards of all the, the, the blessings that you've given us for this day. Lord, as we steward the, 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 the opportunity, Lord, to open our, our gates and, and let the community in, and, and Lord, the, the, the stewardship of the gospel, all of that, dear God, I pray you would help us, Lord, to look to you and to give you, Lord, all the, the, Lord, the, all the authority, Lord, to direct us and to guide us and to help us, Lord, to fulfill the purpose because it's all about you. And so I pray that you'd help us this morning. We're going to have our time of invitation this morning. We're going to have the piano playing. And perhaps just, just today you would just rejoice in who God is. Perhaps as you've thought about all of the things that God's given you, all of the gifts of God, you would just take the time today to just rejoice in Him. And, and perhaps today just pause and rejoice and give gladness to the Lord and give Him blessing. And I want to ask you to come if, if the Lord spoke to your heart, if there's things that, that perhaps you've recognized, you've just been taking for granted and you've forgotten about the gift giver. What are you giving praise today? And I want to challenge you today, church, as well. If you would please just come. Why don't we pray also for our, our carol event tonight? Pray for those. Maybe you've invited some people. Maybe you've letterboxed your neighborhood. Maybe you've taken a map. Why don't you think of, of those? Maybe you don't know them. Maybe you do. Why don't you think of and pray for our community? Pray that there, there'd be good weather. Pray that there would be no hindrance. Pray that there'd be protection. But certainly pray that we'd have liberty tonight to preach the gospel and that there would be a, a good number of people come and receive the, the word of God today. Why don't we come and pray about that as well? Why don't we just uh, give praise to the Lord? He's worthy. Why don't we just give him glory today and rejoice in his goodness to us?